0: Masechet gitin, daf Sadi, with which we complete the entire Masechet. This is a fundamental three-way machloket about the grounds for divorce. This is really kind of fundamental, and in a way we should have studied this all the way at the beginning. Uh, But the Mishnah, the structure of the Mishnah, is it often leaves the um, philosophical uh, underpinnings of the law till all the way at the end. But really this is something that uh, informs on the entire Masechet. Bet Shammai omersim. Lo adam etishto, el Masaba adva. emar ki ba davar. is the strictest, uh, wants to minimize divorce the most, and he says a man should not marry, may not uh, divorce rather his wife unless he finds a matter of adva, meaning of adultery, that she was unfaithful. As it says in the pasuk, for he found in her ervat davar. The pasuk is referring to this one in Devarim that we've seen many times. He doesn't like her anymore. So the word erva obviously is something about illegal relations outside the marriage. That is, the, 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 that is grounds for divorce, but that's it. If it's not less than that, if uh, she was not unfaithful, even if they're not getting along or fighting, whatever, that's not grounds for divorce. Go, try to figure it out. Go to therapy. Make up. <laughs> Betilel is quoting the same pasuk, but emphasizes not the word ervat, but rather the word davar and says even if she burnt his dish, she burns the dinner, and the word hikdicha also is related to anger, right? So even if they're, uh, some, some, they're not getting along, there's something negative in the relationship, this is of course just an example um, of something that uh, she is doing. Uh, does this mean that she's doing it on purpose, right? Maybe hikdicha tafsila. is it uh, by mistake that she was uh, negligent and uh, left it in an oven too long? Or is it talking about a case where they are so, uh, have so much animosity towards each other that he, she um, burns his dish on purpose, Right. So then um, that would uh, be a, uh, a higher criteria. Uh, it could also be that this burning the dish could be a euphemism for problems of intimacy uh, that, uh, that they just are not not being compatible in the bedroom. Um, so and any things, things like that, a, a much lower bar than actual adultery, but um, a discord in the serious discord in the relationship, that's the, that, that is grounds for divorce. That's a middle opinion. Rabbi Akiva be'ainav. Rabbi Akiva emphasizes the beginning of that Pasuk, that if he should not find, she should not find favor in his eyes, meaning even if there's nothing wrong with the marriage, she, she didn't do anything wrong, wrong, nobody committed adultery, there is no strife, but he found, he found someone that's more beautiful than she, uh, than his wife, even that is grounds for divorce. In other words, any, reason whatsoever if they're not totally happy if not totally satisfied then that is grounds for divorce all right that seems kind of uh uh, somewhat callous um that uh, he would divorce his wife just because he finds someone prettier Um, But uh, I would recommend um, this book called The Soul of the Mishnah by uh, Rabbi Yaakov Nagin. I actually wrote a book review um, of this book, and uh, he goes through several mishnayot and uh, talks about the philosophical, psychological underpinnings. And he analyzes this this, uh, particular mishnah and his point here is that according to beth uh, marriage is understood as essentially about procreation right they become one flesh one flesh in their children um, this view is the most similar to that of the Dead Sea Sect and uh, Second Temple sectarianism, um, that saw uh, marriage. a Dead Sea Sect doesn't allow uh, um, divorce at all, uh, similar to similar to early early Christianity. What got which got it from some of those sectarian Jews. Um, so they saw divorce as something that is um, basically impossible. Um, what God has um, brought together, uh, no one shall tear asunder. It's like a holy uh, holy matrimony and cannot be undone. as uh, so allow does allow, d- does allow uh, uh, for divorce, but only in the case where there's adultery. And that would impede, uh, may be uh, very problematic for procreation. And therefore, since the Essence of marriage is procreation, and uh, adultery will ruin that altogether. So that is the only uh, reason for divorce. So that's Bet Shammai, being the most most stringent, um, uh, because for that reason. Um, Bet Hillel, however, sees marriage as being part of life, according to Bet Hillel's general worldview, um, and uh, so they, if there's uh, strife. Then uh, that's not going to be good. Kahalut says enjoy life with the life whom you love. So it has to be uh, one of enjoyment and not fighting. And so if uh, she is uh, burning his dish on purpose, if there's uh, not, they're not getting along, so betilel is that middle opinion. Rabbi Akiva instead of seeing him as being kind of callous and just uh, divorce her for any reason, maybe he's actually a great romantic. That's what that's what, uh, that's what it's about. Um, he uh, Rabbi Akiva. As quota saying, who is wealthy? He who has a wife who is beautiful, indeed, or so not only external beauty but also internal beauty? Uh, Rabbi Akiva said, Shira shirim is the kodesh kodashim," and he saw that his um, relationship, uh, any uh, sales relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, of that being of the highest love. Rabbi Akiva said, when husband and wife are worthy, the divine presence. Abides with them, and therefore the goal of uh, of marriage, unlike Bet Shammai, says the goal of marriage is to procreate, and unlike Betilel, which uh, says the goal of marriage is to have a life together, um, and uh, and enjoy peace and harmony. Rabbi Akiva says the goal of marriage is to have this holy uh, union, creation, uh, that the divine presence is there, and there has to be you know really very strong and passionate feeling of love, and if that uh, is uh, that is lowered and uh he's, he likes someone else better and so then that's uh the that marriage bond is um is already uh, uh lowered in its uh in its uh in its level of love so rabbi Akiba says well then um that is also grounds for uh, dissolution of that marriage um so uh, that's uh, rabbi nagin's uh, analysis that brings that brings these uh, three three opinions, uh, basically three different models of what marriage is supposed to be, by seeing what they each think ha- the about when when divorce is permitted. Not uh, divorce is not required. Re- divorce is only required if there is edvat If there is adultery, then it's um, then one must divorce his wife. But um, uh, otherwise, they're arguing about when is it permissible. And so, by seeing that, we can learn the opposite of what the goal of marriage is. And ultimately, right? We hope for all three goals. That it should be for procreation, for a harmonious life together, and for a, a passionate. And deep uh, emotional love—the um, the goal of Rabbi Akiva. All right, that is the Mishnah. Now the Gemara Tanya. betilel davar. So now we're going to look for the sources. So betilel tells shamai uh, but the Pasuk says davar. Davar means any matter, right? Even just getting angry, um, uh, uh, burning the dish. So what are you going to do with the word davar? Betchamai says, well, it also says the word arva, meaning adultery. So what are you going to do with the word adultery? Amrullah bethilel. says, I'll explain why we need both words. Davar. He says, listen, if we had only the word arvat, Then I would agree with you, uh, Bet tells Bet Shammai, that because of edvah, because of uh, adultery, that requires divorce, but if it's just any other matter, then it would not require divorce. So that's why it says davar, to say even other matters of strife also um, are grounds for divorce. Good, so that's why I learned that from the extra word davar. Now, why does it say arva? If you had only the word davar, and not the word "idavat." let's look at the Pasuk, then you would have read it, read it like this, ki ba-davar, so he got divorced because he found some matter of strife, she burnt his dish, well then he has to write a sefer. he can write a sefer kiritut, and give it to her, and send her away from his house, and then, then she can go marry another man. I would have thought that when is she allowed to marry a second husband, only if the grounds for divorce of the first marriage were because they just didn't get along and they had a fight, then she can go marry another. But if the grounds of divorce were if she committed adultery with the first husband, then I might have thought, um, without uh, the without the word arvat, I might have thought that once she committed adultery with the first husband, she's not allowed to get remarried. That's just, she's banned. That's what I would have thought. That's why the pasuk has to say that even if. Um, he divorced her because he found Ervat, still she can leave and go to the second and marry a second husband. She sinned, right? Where she a bad, bad, did a bad thing with the first husband, but okay, hopefully she'll do better the second time around. And uh, We don't assume that she is uh, banned from marriage forever. So that's why it says Ervat and Davar, to give you the extremes that a Davar is uh, uh, any matter. Is something that is grounds for divorce, but even if it's the max that she did, may commit adultery, still she is permitted to get remarried. So that that explains both words. Ubet mai abdileh. Now bet chamai betileh. explained why he needs both words. Bet why do you need the word davar? He answers, It says here, the word davar, and it says regarding witness testimony, that based on two or three witnesses, um, a matter of evidence is established. That if you don't have two witnesses, at least, then you throw out the case, that's not proof. So just like regarding general civil criminal cases, you need two witnesses, also regarding divorce, we only have to divorce uh, a man has to has to divorce his wife only if there are two witnesses that testify to adultery. So that's why Ervat, Davar, if there is Erva, and it's established as by words, by words of witnesses. That's what I learned from the word Davar. Um, that's when you can get and can and must get divorced, but otherwise divorce is not permitted even not only not recommended. Okay. <speaking in> Betilel <Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> says, it doesn't say bedavar, meaning uh, adultery established through words of testimony. If it said bedavar, then I would say it's all one phrase and I would agree with you that davar is just regarding the testimony of adultery. But it doesn't say that. It just it says two words, right? Ervat and davar. So that means it's two things Bet Shamai says yeah on the other hand that if it was like you Bet that's giving you two different matters then it should have said either erva or david if he um if he divorces her either because of adultery or because of some matter of strife then that's grounds for divorce and in either case she can get remarried so it should have said oh, oh and been been clear so see both of them have a way that it could have been clearer, really. Right? Elva would be the clearer way to be uh, like bet shamay, or elva or davar would have been a clearer phrase if it was according to bet hillel But bet hillel says, you know what? Actually, the phrase is perfect. Or bet hilel elvat davar the says, I know why it doesn't say elva or davar, but it leaves it ambiguous that it should, in fact, be read both ways Uh, should be read together and separately separately as Betty Lill said that grounds for divorce are complete adultery but she can still get remarried or uh, uh, any matter of dispute that's those are grounds for divorce but it doesn't say oh oh so that you could read it together to learn that what batisha mai said that davad is also the uh, witness testimony if there's uh, in if there's adultery through established through um words of a witness then not only can they get divorced they must get divorced and so that is included in the phrase by them being uh, that you can read them together. Um so there you go. These two words right are of, uh, have a lot contained in them and give the, the minimum, the maximum uh, when when divorce is per, is permitted, recommended, and even when it's required. Alright, good. So the Biyakiba's opinion is even if he finds um uh, an, another that's nicer so what's the essence of the mahloqet rashakish says it's in the, in the matter of rashakish so says the word key in the bible can have mean at least four different things it can mean if perhaps rather and because uh, so here's the word um in the pasuk um masaba el so um, so far, we're understanding it as deha because, right? Uh, be he's uh, he's uh, divorcing her because he didn't he didn't find ervat davar because he found ervat davar and then that would be Betilel and betchamai Is it that he found Erva or that he found davar? So that's what that's what it's referring to. So betshamay im sachen be'nav ki masa ba deha masa ba ervat actually Betilel also it doesn't bring Betilel here, but. That they'd be the same. They're interpreting key as um, because uh, he's divorcing her because he found matter of adultery or matter of, uh, of dispute. Ribia Kiba Savar Ki Masaba Iname <inaudible> the interprets the key as or, um, uh, 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 which is not one of the four meanings here, but is an additional meaning of key. So to get back to the Pasuk. That's one grounds for divorce, that if he does, doesn't find, uh, he doesn't, she doesn't find favor in his eyes because he sees he likes someone else better, that's one grounds for divorce, or that's another grounds for divorce, then so he's reading it as key, but both of them can read the pasuk, depending on how they define the word key papa lo masaba Lo Erva Velo davar Mahu Esrava. If he didn't find any problem, not not a problem of Ervah, and not any other matter, um what is the law? Meaning, according to both Betchamai or Hillel, who says that there have to has to be grounds of divorce, has to be something wrong with the marriage what if he didn't he there was nothing wrong with the marriage no adultery no strife and he went and gave her a get anyway is that get valid or not valid does he have to go and remarry her because right if those are the only only grounds for divorce that are recommended permitted so what if he didn't what if he divorced her anyway without finding any matter that's wrong with her what are the consequences and his answer is um, that what he did is he did, right? The divorce stands. How do we know that? Because regarding a rapist, if a, if a man rapes a woman, then one of the punishments, one of the options are he has to marry her and he's not allowed to divorce her ever. Um, of course, if she wants to, um, because uh, that's it. You, you, you broke it, you bought it, uh, so to speak. Um, and so uh, he cannot divorce her so that's the that punishment is said only regarding the rape victim and uh, that uh, that he cannot divorce her ever so if he would try to divorce her then I'll say he gave her a get we would require him to remarry her because he was not allowed to divorce her in the first place but the Torah only says that consequence regarding the 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 rapist it doesn't say it anywhere else so so therefore Galera hamana the torah reveals that only regarding that case he has to remarry her but if uh, in any a, a regular marriage um even though the bet Shammai and Bet Tilel says one should only get divorce his wife for a matter of strife um, nevertheless, if he went and, and gave his wife a get, even though it was for no, um, for no reason, uh, nevertheless, the divorce stands and he's not required to remarry her. Tells Rava, if a husband intends to divorce his wife, he doesn't tell her that. He's thinking in his mind, you know what, I'm going I'm to divorce her tomorrow. But since she doesn't know that and she's living with him and she's serving him, what do we say about that person? Uh, so Ravah uh, answered, we apply the pasuk. the is not evil against your neighbor, seeing that he dwells securely by you. This is not proper for a husband to be thinking that. If he decided he's going to divorce his wife, then he should separate right away and not continue living with her. This is uh, going un- uh, to... A matter of hypocrisy of uh, being deceitful. By he's uh, he's sitting there and she is uh, serving him dinner, pouring water for him, taking care of him, and in his mind uh he's like oh, you know i'm going to divorce her any uh, tomorrow so that's not a nice way to act um if they're if they are going to be divorced they should separate uh, of course the halacha uh, not midoraita but from takanat benu geshom and it's also in all of the in in sephari kitubot as well that um a uh, husband is not allowed to divorce his wife against her will she has to agree to it she has to accept the get Um, And so that would um, that would uh, uh, answer partly this first case of a case where there's no grounds for divorce. So, you know, she would have to also agree. To it. Okay, Tanya so Hada hayar Bi Meir omer. So is going to give a parable. Just like there are different um, uh, uh, attitudes of people regarding food, so too there are different attitudes regarding uh, husbands with their wives. You have a guy who's very finicky. He's big germy. And if a fly falls into his cup, his cup of wine, he will throw away the entire cup of wine and not drink it. Okay, nowadays I think most people would do that, but in those days wine was expensive, and um, that was not that would not be a common thing to do to throw out the entire cup just because there's a fly in it. But this guy is very finicky; he throws out the whole thing. That's the mashal. The nimshal is the cup of wine is like his, uh, his wife. The bug, the fly that falls in the bug, is uh, similar to other men. So this guy is very finicky, and he doesn't want his wife to have any contact with any other men. He doesn't want to have, he doesn't want her his wife to talk to any other man, be seen by other any other man. He's very very overprotective. That is uh, like Papos Ben Yehuda, who he, he would lock his wife in uh in in indoors so that she wouldn't leave she wouldn't go to the marketplace she wouldn't see her family she wouldn't see friends she wouldn't see any other men and so he was super overprotective so this is not a good way to be this is too extreme right and uh, she's going to end up resenting it and uh, she'll go and commit adultery just because what second she can get out because who wants to live in jail so this guy—that's—is this, this too overprotective, too too much of a germy, finicky, right? And and um, that's not the proper way to act. You have a medium guy, normal guy. If a fly falls into his cup, so he'll take the fly, throw it out, right? You spoon, take a spoon, throw it out, and then the rest you drink. That's what normally, today, most people are very germies, but um, that's what normal people would do. That's the way most people, they allow their wives to speak to their siblings, to relatives. It's okay, she can uh, socialize, she can have friends, and that's permitted, right, limited. She shouldn't be flirting and going and uh, 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 partying with other people. But if she's just talking, she can go out of the house and talk to relatives and brothers and friends that's permitted um so that's um uh so that's the middle ground. that's recommended then you have the guy who has no shame whatsoever he uh, a fly falls into his into his dish and you know what he does he takes the fly and sucks out the juice from the fly and then eats it it's not clear what the it is referring to does he eat the fly Maybe not. Let's assume not that disgusting. But he'll eat the all of the dish. Right? So not only he eats the dish, he also sucks out the juice from the fly. And that's really gross to do that. Zohimidat Adam ra. This is an evil man. This is a man who permits his he sees his wife and permits her to go out with her hair uncovered, spinning in the marketplace. Uh, spinning thread but uh, to spin thread it's a it's a lot it takes a lot of activity and uh, it's uh, it's a posture that's not so modest and her garment is open on both sides so she's revealing she's not not dressed modestly and she even bathes with men and he doesn't care right he doesn't care that his wife goes with other people and then he'll still uh take her and he'll still um uh, uh live with her and sleep with her and he doesn't care that she was um, out flirting with other guys and being immodest. This is not proper. Now we ask, Wait, does it mean literally she's actually going into the bath with other men? That's like very extreme. No, of course not. Rather, she's she bathes in a place where other men are, like, I don't know, going to the ocean, uh, where where there's men bathing and women bathing together. And his wife goes there, and she's not dressed properly. And, uh, and she's flirting with other guys, acting in an immodest way. And he doesn't care. He doesn't tell her anything. He's not disgusted, but he has no shame. That is an improper... uh, uh, improper guy, you should be not too overprotective not too loose but in the middle and uh, um, that's, uh we learn that through this mashal okay, okay. so the bretta continues and says this last case of the woman who's immodest and flirtatious there's a command this is a commandment that a husband should divorce his wife like that The continuation of the pasuk says, he sends her away and she'll go marry another man. The pasuk doesn't say, It says to a man who's another. What does that mean? That the second husband is not equivalent in his moral stature to the first husband. The first husband sees that his wife is... Uh, is uh, is is wicked and divorced her and what does the second guy do? Oh oh, she's a flirtatious, immodest woman. I'll take her. I'll marry her. So this shows the um, that the uh, the first guy is a sadiq. That's what he should do, divorce her. The second guy is uh, shows he's uh, a demeaning uh, demeaning character. That that's what he decides that he's going to marry. He's going to take the um, the, uh, the leftovers. The uh, uh, what the first guy said is not worthy of being married to, he wants. <speaking in Hebrew> if the second husband merits and he does the right thing, he will send her out also. Maybe he didn't realize when he realizes after that this is her behavior, then he should divorce her. <speaking in Hebrew> so the rest of the Pasuk here, we can look at it. Um, if he, if she goes and marries a second guy and the, and the second guy also hates her, and, uh, and divorces her. The point of the context is that she cannot go back and remarry the first, right? Because uh, either the second guy divorces her or if the second husband dies, either way, she's not allowed to go back and remarry the first husband. Okay, that's, and that we're um, reading here now, midrashically, if he doesn't, the second husband doesn't divorce the, this wife, then she will end up burying him. He's worthy of death. Because the first husband, he divorced this evil woman from his house. And the second guy doesn't learn the lesson, right? You should always find out before you uh, uh, buy something or take a job or whatever. You know, what happened to the previous guy? Um, what's, the, what's their experience? And uh, he should know better that this is someone who was worthy of being divorced. And then he goes and says, yo, that's what I want. Then he's worthy of death. Shalach. And now we're going to um, bring a midrash of a couple of pisukim. It's worth seeing the pisukim first in context because these pisukim uh, talk about divorce directly. So it's actually quite important. Um, the Pasuk says, um, uh, Malachi is telling the people, you did a second thing bad. Before, is talking about Kohanim uh, and the bad things that they did. But here now, second thing, you cover the altar with tears, weeping and moaning, uh, so that God refuses to regard your uh, offerings anymore. Right? So the people are all depressed. Hashem is not answering them. And you say, Amartem, ama." He says, How come Hashem is angry? That's what you how come He's not answering our prayers, because God is a witness between you and the wife of your youth, the meaning someone's first marriage has a special holy status, and you have broken faith and between your Techa, beautiful word right your friend and the wife of your of the covenant so that your first wife is someone that's a special holy covenant it's a it's a friendship it's a bond and what did you do they Then not the one god make all so that all has life breath in it and what does hashem seek but that you should have uh zeda elohim you should have uh, children that are worthy and you should not break faith with the wife of your youth and here's the key Pasuk, God hates anyone who sends away his wife. In other words, divorce is bad. Um, and uh, this is like covering self with lawlessness, like wearing a garment of that. Um, so be careful of your life breath, do not act treacherously. To divorce one's wife of your youth, one's first wife. So Malachi sees around him that people are uh, are uh, divorcing too quickly for no reason. They're not um, respecting the sacredness of marriage. Um, so this becomes this is it does become an important pasuk that's also. Uh, quoted by uh, um, Jewish sectarians. Okay, but the pasuk also, the Gemara here also takes it into account. So Kisaneshalah shalach ribi im saneta probably the opposite of what the basuk actually means, uh, says, if you hate her, shalach. Ki saneh, shalach. in other words, the subject of the verb is not Hashem, which is the Peshat, right? Hashem hates anyone who sends away his wife, but rather the subject is a husband, any husband who, saneh, who hates his wife, shalach, get rid of her, which would be uh, approximately the opinion of Betilel, right? There's some strife there. So then that's good, that's grounds. So that would be the Bi Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan Omer, Sanui says, closer to the Peshat. One, a husband who divorces his wife is hated by God, right? Try to make up. This is a sacred, really important thing, right? Uh, uh, you become one flesh, and now you divorced your wife of your youth. This is a berit. Um, this is your chavera, ha- and uh, you should not do this. Well, so, really opposite interpretations of this Pasuk. But the Gemana wants to reconcile them. Rabbi uh, Yochanan is talking about the first marriage. a first marriage and uh, they get divorced. Hashem hates that. Hashem hates the divorce. Uh, the, the guy who divorces his first wife doesn't like that. You gotta. This is sacred. You got to work it out. But if it's a second marriage, then already doesn't have that um, level of, of covenantal bond. And uh, therefore, if a second marriage doesn't work out, then it's okay to divorce her. Then it's okay to divorce her. Says, anyone who divorces his uh, first wife, even the altar itself, sheds tears, um, as if HaKadosh Baruch himself is crying over this. A Od penot ellha min chave la kahatra uh, and this further, Hashem says well, this is something bad that you do. You cover the altar with tears, weeping and sighing because Hashem is not regarding the offerings anymore. And you say, why is Hashem ignoring us? Because uh, Hashem is a witness between you and the wife of your youth against you, have dealt, whom you have dealt treacherously. She's your companion, your companion, the wife of your covenant. Then you go and divorce. So this is... Uh, something that Hashem hates, and uh, therefore one should avoid that at all costs. I think what we've seen in this uh, in Masichit Gitin, a lot of details about all kinds of uh, uh, practical matters of witnesses and sending Gitin, but um, essentially underlying it all is uh, a careful, a very careful balance um, that uh, that Judaism uh, brings to us. If we look at the extremes, um, Second Temple sectarians and Christianity, who do not allow divorce at all, well, that's, uh, that's an extreme position. And um, while it upholds and uh, seems to respect marriage a lot by not allowing divorce, but sometimes there are grounds for divorce and uh, couples really not getting along, then best to end that marriage so that they can go on and find other people and get on with their lives and find happiness and find a good marriage. So um, so Judaism uh, disagrees with that extreme of no divorce at all and uh, permits it, as then, the Torah talks about divorce, so therefore right, the Torah itself uh, permits it um, when necessary. Um, on the other hand, you have um, uh, other uh, cultures like Islam that make it e- too easy to get divorced just by saying, right, get out three times then that's it. The uh, bond is over. So this is treating women too lightly, treating divorce too, too, uh, treating marriage um, in a in a very weak way, like it's a, it's a, like it's nothing, like it's just a, you know a simple friendship. They say, okay, I'm not friends with you anymore, and then that's it. You don't talk about. It. So it's um, it's uh, degrading the holiness and the special bond of marriage. And so that in halacha, uh, although a divorce is possible, but you can't just do it in orally. You have to do it by in writing. We have to go to a scroll. You have to go to a Abedin. You have to get witnesses. And through all that process, it takes time. He'll think about it again. Hopefully uh, he will be less angry or she'll be less angry. They'll find a way to make up. They'll come to the sages. They'll come to the the scribe, the court. They'll um, mediate between them. And uh, find a way to repair the marriage if it's uh, if it's reparable. Um, so by having this um, this balance between the two extremes, um, halacha uh, aims to respect the sacredness of marriage, recognize that sometimes people need to end and start over. But hopefully, through our study of the laws of Gitin, uh we can find the strength to, uh, strength to uh, work on our own marriages and, and strengthen them, and see all of our children and grandchildren happily married ran aallah chamegarrech ou seliika la masched gitien